Morning Liberty. Well, what's up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles. Doesn't like good comedians. Thompson, how's it going today, Chuck? Well, I saw a good comedian last night. You liked it. Yeah, and I okay. liked it. Well, I gave you a bad name then. So that proves you I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we were just on the live group, the Fed Haters Club, that we went and saw Anthony Jeselnik last night at the Ryman. It was really good. If you like that kind of thing, warning, it's a joke. They okay. get so it's nervous about other people. I was uncomfortable. He was nervous about the people in there that bought tickets to go see him. But you know that some guy brought his girlfriend or his <laughs> wife or whatever who showed her the funniest, most PC joke that he had and was like, oh, hey, let's go see this guy. There, there was. We walked in with a couple and she was pregnant, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't sit very far from us. And there was a lot of... The first 20 minutes the, were jokes about how much he hated pregnant women. And kids. And kids. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Okay? I did. I laughed even more knowing they were sitting like a few rows in front of us to the right. But... Whatever. It was so good. Okay, well, uh, this is Friday, and we do Dumb Bleep of also, the Week. Also, we weren't allowed. There's no clips or anything. We weren't allowed yeah. to have our phones out. Yeah. We weren't allowed to even no. take a picture. You weren't even allowed to have your phone out. Can't. They said that if they saw your phone light up, even if it was innocent, like you dropped it on accident or something, they would eject you. Whew. And there's no refunds. Good thing I never dropped mine. Yeah. So Nate and I basically had to sit on our phones all night. So Yeah. Not even the live group gets a preview. Of, I, there's no way that I'm currently editing a recording of the entire show. Yeah. It's, it wasn't possible. I'm not, I'm not doing that because they said you couldn't do it. Right. All right. Well, there were signs. There were signs that said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this is Dumb Bleep of the Week, where we talk about the dumbest things that happened over the last week. The live group threw in submissions. We threw in submissions. People on Twitter or X throw in submissions. So go follow us there and you can also throw them in that way. You can join the live group by going to joingml.com and be a member of the Fed Haters Club. Those are the people that get to vote for which one of these is the dumbest and push it forward to Dumb Bleep of the Year. The winner gets a trophy. All right. Everyone knows the rules. It is now time to commence the dumb. As <laughs> usual, what? So proper. As usual, now that uh, everyone knows the rules, we start we off. Will commence. <laughs> we start off with, like kind of less dumb, like easier. You know, mm, we want to ease e- you in mm. to the dumb, and like a libertarian in boiling water. You guys know how the analogy goes. Um, eventually, you're gonna die. <laughs> all right, so dumb. Bleep, we all actually do die. That's dumb bleep number one. That's true. Dumb bleep yeah. number one. This is an article from the editorial board in the Washington Post. I don't know if everyone knows this, but McCarthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy, I always want to call him Mike McCarthy, but that's on the weekends. Um, Kevin McCarthy has announced the official impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. All right. This means they get to use all of their investigatory powers and subpoena people and get them under oath and get all these testimonies. Then they're going to vote. Maybe the House is going to vote to impeach, and then the Senate's not, and then that's going to be what we do next year while there's also a a trial and a trial and a trial and a trial going on for Donald Trump. And what we're going to do for every president from here on out. And that is what this article is about. It's just kind of funny how they word it. 
the the title is McCarthy's impeachment inquiry will go nowhere, but it's still a crisis. Mm. So don't believe number one is the impeachment crisis. Speaker Kevin McCarthy might believe it's harmless to formally launch an impeachment inquiry and the President Biden throwing chum to his right flank makes it easier for him to hold the speakership. So this is, you know, he's worried about people kicking him out. If the House ultimately votes to impeach the president, McCarthy also knows Democratic-controlled Senate would never muster the two-thirds threshold necessary to oust Mr. Biden from the office. But the inquiry Mr. McCarthy announced this week is not costless. He's helping to create a new norm of tit-for-tat retaliation in which every president could face impeachment whenever the opposing party controls the House. He started it. In doing so, he's cheapening a vital constitutional remedy that should be reserved for severe abuses of power and wasting precious legislative time. Yeah, like an event like Jan 6. Uh, They do point out, however, that the Democrats are not blameless. Some on the far left tried to impeach George W. Bush on unreasonable grounds. Some Democrats also wanted to impeach Donald Trump practically from day one of his term, yet... Pelosi held them back until firm evidence emerged in 2019, showing that Trump tried to shake down the Ukrainian President Zelensky by holding up military assistance to get Ukrainian government to announce an investigation into the Biden family. Mr. Trump's incitement of the January 6th insurrection also clearly passed the threshold for impeachment and conviction. So they were right. Mm -hmm. Yours is your inquiry is wrong. Those had actual principle behind them. This is just a political move. It has nothing to do with all of this uh, evidence that we have that there's some kind of Biden family corruption and Hunter getting paid all this money and 10% for the big guy, all that stuff. That's just, that doesn't matter. What, what matters is that Trump tried to withhold giving our money to Ukraine so they would investigate what was going on with the Bidens. Okay. What, another thing that didn't matter was that Biden withheld money from Ukraine so, to get a prosecutor so they would fired. fire a prosecutor. <laughs> but that guy was corrupt, you yes. see? And so they were trying to fire this corrupt prosecutor. As long as you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I don't know. Then it passes muster. And Biden's not corrupt. Therefore, yeah. mm-hmm. trying to investigate what the Bidens were doing, well, it's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's a purely political impeachment. And then, of course, there's the incitement of January 6th clearly passes the threshold, even though he's been charged with 91 crimes and none of them are incitement because he clearly didn't incite January 6th legally anyway. Yeah, but that well, was at least enough for an you impeachment. tweet out, stay peaceful, go home, it's mm-hmm. the same thing yeah. as stay and fight. Peacefully and patriotically go down there. That's yeah. like go into the Capitol and mm-hmm. throw and flag sticks. take a dump on someone's desk. Yeah. Essentially the same De- thing. Deborah's desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Gaslighting. Like yes. Tactical warlock. That was right. A little bit of gaslighting right now. That's yeah. dumb bleep Number one, like I said, we're going to start you off easy today because we're nice. We're nice guys. Mm-hmm. Number two, another easy one. Like we, already talked, we already talked about, I forgot about that song. I had to listen to that. Number two. And uh, we already talked Talk about this on Monday. <laughs> I believe, um, yeah, it was it was Monday or Tuesday we talked about this, but uh, Biden, in saying never forget, never forget, never forget, and then he said something that he forgot, apparently, <laughs> uh, which is that he was not actually at ground zero on 9-11, but 
Here's Biden saying that. To renew our sacred vow, never forget. Never forget. Oh, what a... We never forget. Crap, what are they? Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. All right. From where you could stand. From Because the, the way, the, from where you could where you could stand was in front of a TV in a different city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, never forget. We uh, won't forget. He wasn't there. Uh, that's a uh, dumb bleep number two. Okay. Now we'll slow it down just a little bit. This is Donald Trump's interview with Megyn Kelly, a specific clip that's been going around on the internet. You know, Trump was president when COVID started. Mm. You remember that? He absolutely was. And uh, Fauci was up there with him, like like every day. They mm-hmm. were up there talking about stuff, telling people what to do, what not to do. Bleach, no bleach, whichever one. This guy didn't care. <laughs> All right. Sunlight. And so in this interview, Megyn Kelly, who's a great interviewer, has a great podcast also. Mm-hmm. I do listen to it sometimes. Yep. Um, she She's, was like, hey, you, you, gave, you gave a presidential commendation to Fauci. A lot of people hate Fauci. And Trump... For, uh, I don't know, honestly, one of the first times I've seen him do it, just kind of denied all responsibility <laughs> and um, was like, I that don't, doesn't sound like Trump. I don't know. I don't, what do you mean? Gave him press. I didn't do Someone did. I, I wasn't. Fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time in well, May... Well, I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I yeah. couldn't technically. The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way... You yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus task You think force, so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID, and that... You actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Presidential commendation. One went off the mark. Somebody promised. It's a presidential commendation. (laughs) I don't know who gave it to him. Check and see who the president is. Now, I know what he's saying. Do you think the president actually sits down at the desk and says, like, oh, here's a list of people I want to give a commendation to? This specific list of people. No, probably not. You, you know, and he was on a list of a bunch of people, but you think a staff member probably gave a list yeah. and he's like he's signed off on it without reading through it. But I mean, he clearly knew Fauci was on that list. Um, the uh the context here that's been added from community notes is Trump is being disingenuous. On his last day in office, Trump awarded a presidential commendation to Fauci in recognition of his exceptional efforts on Operation Warp Speed. And so this is something that's been tricky for Trump because he is or was proud of Operation Warp Speed, where they got the va- the vaccine out quickly. You know, they got they got that done really fast. And so he was kind of bragging about it. But then it turns out the people on the right didn't like the vaccine quite as much. And so that was difficult. And now he's he's in a kerfuffle. It's it's a classic kerfuffle Uh that he's in right now. If he if he doesn't go, 
I was wondering the other day if the people on in the MAGA crowd are going to be like, you know, Fauci wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. Okay, he helped Trump out yeah. a lot. You know, he he did what Trump told. You know him what to. he could have okay. done to win this? He could have replied back to Kelly and said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I should have done that." He's a liar. Yeah, and I wish. I, yeah, I wish I could go back and not give it to him. He lied to me. Why not? He lied just to say the that? American people. Why not just say that? You could literally place all the blame yeah. on him. Take some responsibility. And be like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I could take it back. <laughs> He's a liar. Easy. You know that could have been. But instead, yeah, Trump, as any narcissist, can't take <clears throat> any responsibility for what? any nothing would could ever be his fault. You got to do that. You know, he could have said, you know, when I was in office. I was running things. I had control over it. I wasn't listening to what Fauci was doing. But when when Biden took office, Fauci was running the show. And it turns out, you know, Fauci just wanted to do a bunch of bad things. And and it's a good thing I was in there to hold him back the whole time. You know, he could have easily turned this into something. But it got like, worse when I left. It's yeah. like, well, I didn't I didn't give him accommodation. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? Come on. Just take responsibility, man. Mm-hmm. Can't. No, Trump will never take responsibility. Ah. <sighs> Well, yeah. that's uh, that's d- anybody that loves him. Look, whatever. He is definitely a narcissist. Yeah, for sure. You know, he was great on The Apprentice. Yeah. yeah, he's not the worst president I've ever seen. No, some of his policies were great. But if you're expecting Trump to take any sort of responsibility, it's not going to happen. OK, Charlie, dumb bleep number four, you being a parent. And as the live group points out, ego. Yeah, too much ego. That's, I mean, we talk about this all the time. People in government can't admit that they're wrong. Yeah, he it, did the bump stock ban. Like, mm-hmm. He did some terrible things. He did. Did some good things. Did some terrible things. This is why we follow principle and not people. I think he went a little overboard with the election stuff, honestly. The, the, he should have eventually uh, acknowledged that, like, okay, Biden won the election, but can we just admit mail-in ballots creates some difficulty here, mm-hmm. all right, and maybe we should... We should talk about this in the future. Okay. And to Bailey's point, he didn't even build the wall, which was his number one campaign promise. And then what they did build, Mexico didn't pay for it. Mm. So, mm. man, don't I don't know, man. That. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him after that. <laughs> Charlie, as a parent, um, mm. how does this uh, next headline make you feel? <sighs> next headline. This is dumb. Believe number four. It's a privilege. Not a right to know your kid's gender identity. 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 I, kinda, I heard that trail off. Out. I heard that trail off. Yeah. Um, it's so, a hard truth that some kids live with parents who are transphobic. No province should forcibly out gender con- nonconforming kids to these parents. So if it's not your right. What was that slippery slope we talked about I'm a couple sure. years ago? And yeah. I don't know. You know Have we ever mentioned the slippery slope? So weird that it all starts to come to fruition right in front of your eyes. It is really and you're weird. Like when you talked about it a couple of years ago, everyone thought you were crazy. You mm-hmm. know, it's weird they being make a libertarian. You feel like they gaslight mm-hmm. you into feel like feeling like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But then it it comes true. Well, <laughs> comes true. I mean, what are you talking about? These people are right. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, we don't like kids being mm-hmm. being happy. So I will tell you, this one's a difficult one to go over because the headline was written by someone who didn't write the article. I will tell you that right now, which happens very often. Uh, but the headline doesn't really match the article. The The title being it's a privilege, not a right to know your kid's gender identity. That subject is not even approached in the article itself. 
Like they just wrote it for the headline because they were like, ooh, I bet if I do this, I can get on Dumb Bleep of the Week from Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> like that's what the editor was thinking. You know? Exactly. So like it also go, says <clears throat> province, so this seems to be Canada. I think it must be. Plus yeah. it looks like a dumb Canadian type logo up there. I don't know. <laughs> and like the article just talks about how this is a parent of a transgender kid and they're loving and accepting and you know, their kids 11 and, and all that. And that's, that's really it. And the, I guess the bottom line you're supposed to take away is if you're not loving and accepting of whatever your kid wants to do or be, then you don't have a right to decide this. And in fact, you don't have a right to even know what's going on in their life. If you're someone who would not be accepting of what's going on in their life. And if it's a privilege and not a right, that means someone else has that right over your kid that they could bestow upon you. And who are they saying has that right? Probably the state, the school, the Doctors, state, the government, whoever therapists. else. Not you. They mm -hmm. all get to decide whether or not you have that right if you don't affirm your child. The, kids can't go on a field trip for school without the parent's <laughs> signature. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, we can chop your penis off, Zach. Without parents' consent. In fact, your parents don't even have a right to know whether or not you want to pee. Can't even crack open a can of alcohol, you know? Yeah. Unless it's Bud Light, I guess. <laughs> can't drive. No. Can't vote. Can't have sex. <laughs> can't. Yeah. But you can change your sex if you want to. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right. can't buy scratch tickets. What else can't they do? Live group? Bed Haters Club? Okay, uh, I know it seems like we're moving really quickly, but well, we're actually about go to get... back because we need to read a little bit of that because okay. go ahead. The whole thing's dumb, but my son Zach is transgender. He told us nonchalantly at bedtime three years ago because he's only eleven. So far, his transition has been strictly social. New pronouns, new clothes, new haircut, new name. With few exceptions, it's been as nothing burger as it sounds. Yeah, it's just that's nothing. No, that's a nothing big. Basically Big nothing. nothing burger sandwich. Well if, well, if it's nothing, then why do it? Exactly. By the time he has his first appointment at the Sick Kids Gender Clinic, just the name alone, Sick Kids Gender Clinic, in August of 2024, he'll be 12 and a Are half. Are they making kids sick? Yeah. He'll be 12 and a half and we'll have been on the wait list for 18 months. If... Four years into his transition, he chooses gender-affirming medication. It will not be an impulsive decision. By the way, it's the opposite of gender-affirming. Because like, <laughs> to affirm his gender would be to affirm the fact that he's male. Mm -hmm. Not. It's literally not. It's gender-changing medication. Yeah. It's literally, they're denying, giving you hormones <laughs> to change your gender. Which is gender-affirming. <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. And then here we go. She describes herself as an urban liberal agnostic Canadian with purple hair. The hardest part of parenting a trans kid has been watching the anti-trans ground swell, particularly in the UK and the US. As of this month, 2022 US states have enacted laws or policies banning gender affirming care for youth up to age 18 despite evidence that this care does more good than harm. No, it doesn't. It absolutely does not. The evidence that these people use is complete garbage. And in fact, there's more evidence coming out that it does way more harm 
then good. Yeah, as you look further out into the future, all the studies they cite only followed a kid for 12 months. Exactly. During the transition, of course, when you're telling them they're right. And they're getting all this attention. Yeah. You know, but then when all that fades away. Like they don't want to give addicts heroin despite evidence that the addicts are much happier after they get the heroin. How long did you follow them? About 20 minutes. Yeah. So happy. Before they were screaming and shaking, you know. And they said they wanted to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And then we gave him a little heroin. And look, he's asleep look, on the floor. Clear evidence. It does more good than With harm. With this Tempur-Pedic pillar <laughs> I gave him. You know? Very comfortable. Number five. Now we're going to get in the weeds on some topics here. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Ba- Bailey's asking if there's a Swedish study. They followed trans kids for decades and most still want to kill themselves or do end up killing themselves. I don't remember if that's a Swedish study, but there are, I have read those studies. There's also, um, several other examples of what you're talking about there. Um, when they first started doing sex changes back in like the sixties and seventies, followed these kids, uh, for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. And these people still, they do have an identity crisis, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this. The reason why we say good morning, Liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning is because if you don't have a purpose or meaning in your life, then you do have an identity crisis. Mm. Okay. Now that could take shape in the form of gender or whatever depressed, but you feel lost. Right. And ultimately as a Christian, I think it's because a lack of direction of morals from let's say God, or even if you want to take religion out of it, a higher power, some type of higher aim. Okay. So there's no doubt that these kids feel lost. I, I can validate those feelings, but it doesn't mean that we're going to fix them by changing their, because that's not what the actual problem is. So there's it's not a symptom. Any, there's not any other problems that you go to a psychiatrist for or whoever, like you go there with all these problems and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You should just go full on into those problems. Just accept it. Like there's nothing you go to and there's something wrong. And they're like, Nothing wrong. Let's just go full on into it, man. Let's just, just double, triple down on that. Yeah. Cut it, off, cut it off. Who cares? Right. You know that's what's wrong. Yeah. No one does that for anything. You'll never have kids, by the way, the rest of your life. Yeah. But you should be able to make the decision whether or not you want to be infertile when you're 12. It's disgusting, and I do agree. Yeah, Bailey, it, it is demonic in mm-hmm. my opinion. It's absolutely, completely, 100 percent. Pure malevolent evil. And it's child abuse. Yes. Also. Absolutely. Now, I like when Anthony jokes about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like it actually happening. True. Anyway, um, I'm done now. On to dumb bleep number five. Dumb bleep number five. Let's talk about kids again here for a second because people have been really upset this week about the child, the expanded child tax credit expiring. And since this expired because of the evil, hateful, child-hating Republicans, uh, since this happened, child poverty has more than doubled year over year because used to, they were getting money from the government or the parents were getting money from the government per child. And now they're not getting that extra money per child anymore. And so now all these kids are now living in poverty. You can see like this post from Robert Reich is a good example. The expanded child tax credit cut child poverty by nearly half. 
Cinema, Mansion, and the GOP let it expire, and child poverty spiked. In the richest country in the world, it is inexcusable that millions of our children are living in poverty. This is a policy choice. And this is on a this is on a post that showed the graph and showed childhood poverty spiking year over year. And I just wanted to make the point that this was a fake decrease in child poverty because we were taking money from the parents and then giving it back to them and calling it less poverty afterwards. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. a, that's the way that we fix the poverty. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people fall for this, but I don't know if these people remember, but I remember uh, inflation has been something we've been dealing with over the last few years. Well, that's just greed. Yeah, just greed. Here's how much inflation is costing Americans each month. This is in 2022. Now, the child tax credit was, I believe it was $300 uh, per child, I believe. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Well, is, there was it more than that. There were a couple different ones. I think the first one, you got like an extra $1,000 when everybody got their they're twelve hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one was five hundred. Bailey said it depended on how old they were. Yeah, and then there was a cap on it also. I don't remember the, what the cap was exactly, but something like that. Well, in twenty twenty two, they said inflation was costing the typical U.S. household an additional three hundred dollars per month, and it shows little sign of slowing anytime soon. And then we get another one here. Inflation means family, this is more recent, families are spending $709 more per month than two years ago. Okay. And that was a mortgage like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's just inflation. Yeah. And so what happened here was they printed a bunch of money or they borrowed a bunch of money. They gave it to a bunch of people. We got our STEMI checks and then we got the expanded child tax credit. And while that made people feel good because they were getting this money, what then happened was a bunch of inflation in the economy that is now sucking back out of the economy exactly the extra money that was put into it because that's how economics works. And then some. Yes. And just a little bit more because the government's taken their cut along the way mm -hmm. also. So the, the moral of the story is in, you print this fake money, you put it in the economy, it just it still gets taken back it, out. It goes inflation. back to the old adage of if, if it sounds too good to be true. It probably <clears throat> is. So I don't the, think socialists believe that. It's it's like if you could just give people money and it solves all the problems, that sounds too good to be true. This is what people believe. Now, this is a comment that I made on AOC's post. They were talking. She said every time a government shutdown in the last 30 years occurred was when Republicans had control of the House. And I said, oh, I should start voting Republican. <laughs> yeah, It's pretty good. She said the last time it happened. It drove people to food pantries and forced. Now this AOC says this is very important for everyone. AOC is very worried about this amount of money. It drove people to food pantries and forced an $8 billion hit to the economy. This shutdown, an $8 billion hit to the economy. And I said, you mean 11 hours of government expenses? <laughs> and this person responded with, Except this was out of citizens' paychecks and not out of government funds. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a big deal. So this person's response to me saying how much money the government spent was that, no, no, this $8 billion she's talking about, that came from people's paychecks, <laughs> not from government expenses. Government funds. Where does the government get their funds? <laughs> I don't know. 
I asked the person and they haven't responded. Oh, Dusty. Gosh. Dusty, Dusty. Hmm. So this is all dumb bleep number five. Some of the... That was dumb. Dumb around... That was actually really dumb. Child tax credits. You know, and maybe he's ignorant. I don't know. He's just mm-hmm. ignorant. We're going to get this... Uh, we're going to keep economics going here for a bit. Uh, this was a late entry today, I believe from Costco, potentially. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little love. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past, and honestly, it helped me quite a lot. Changed my life, made me who I am today. And our co-host, Charlie, he's still using BetterHelp to this day. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Maganomics? What is maganomics? Maganomics? This, this post from the White House. <laughs> is a noun. Let's talk about it. Different from Bidenomics. This mm-hmm. is maganomics. This is much worse. Maganomics, it's a noun is an economic plan that does three things. God, this is going to be ridiculous. Cut taxes, cuts taxes even more for the wealthy and big corporation, cuts Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, raises costs for families by gutting investments in the middle class. It's more extreme than anything America has ever seen before. (laughs) Broad view, real quick. I want to talk about the fact that the White House, they've been doing this a lot. They they put out a word and then they define it like it's in a dictionary. And I know it's cute and all that. Maybe, maybe it's cute. Or maybe we're seeing the state literally create its own definitions for words. Propaganda. And, and put them out there as the real definition literal for words. literal propaganda. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of ironic that that's what we're starting to see. But anyway, um, let's see. Tax cuts, okay, cool. For the rich. Cutting Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all right, cool. But then it's going to raise costs for families by gutting investments in the middle class. Hold on, hold on. I got a thing here saying that families are spending over 700 bucks more per month because of inflation, okay? But you know what's going to cost families money is if we don't tax the families and then the government decides where to invest it and give it back to families after they take a cut. That's what's really going to hurt mm-hmm. families a lot. Yeah. All right. So this. Well, is, but you know the the tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what partially causes inflation. Of course. Yeah. Because, we're going to continue because they were saving money on their taxes. Now these big mm-hmm. corporations, they decided to raise their prices. That's how. That's economics, folks. <laughs> Supply and tax cuts. God. Uh, another post here from the White House. We're still it's on. Even, it's hard to even talk to these people. You know. I know. Because, you know, like they when they talk to you, they're like, oh, you don't even have a degree, you know, whatever. and you're like, well, you haven't even read an economics book. No. You know, and it's difficult to even have a conversation when when they're not even they're not even aware of what economics actually is. I have a hard time talking with anyone who hasn't read basic economics 12 times like I have. <laughs> <laughs> so the show every day Kidding. is very difficult for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the White House also posted there are, there are about a thousand billionaires in America. On average, they pay eight percent in federal income taxes on a yearly basis. That's a lower rate than teachers and firefighters. 
And that's why President Biden continues to call for a 25% minimum tax on billionaires. Okay, so there's a problem here. The problem is they are talking about 8% in federal income taxes on a yearly basis. Income. Mm. Income. Income. Income taxes. Uh, a 25 minimum tax, 25% minimum tax. How are they going to do that? Wealth. They're going to tax wealth. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to do. Or un even unearned wealth. Because uh, almost all of these billionaires. Unrealized, sorry. Almost all these billionaires have their money in investments. Mm. Whether that's the stock market, real estate, whatever the case may be. In their companies. That's the only reason why they're worth. They don't have a billion dollars in a mm. bank account. Yeah. They don't know what their company isn't paying them a billion dollars in income that, that gets direct deposited into their bank account. It's not how it works. Yeah. It's, Even it's the not. CEOs of these corporations like uh, GM, I uh, believe $29 million is the salary for uh, their GM. They don't cut her a $29 million check. That's almost all is just the value of stock options that they, that they gave her. And it doesn't even mean that she cashed them out. It just means that that's what they're counting as fact, the value right now. I don't right think now. Jeff Bezos ever raised his $75,000 a year salary Yeah, that he made as CEO of Amazon. His income from Amazon was like seventy five grand a year. And like what someone just said in the group here, the government will force you to sell off 25% of your wealth each year. You know what kicked off the... This is not the reason, but it's so weird. Elon Musk timed that big stock market drop almost perfectly that we had uh, last year. Because the top of that is where he sold his stocks to pay his taxes mm -hmm. and to, to do some other stuff. Um, but that's where it really, and if we knew that all of these corporations that the owners had to pay a 25% tax at the end of the year, it would destroy the stock market because you'd know the only thing they can do to pay it is sell stock. And I get that maybe you're hurting those people, but what about all the other millions of people that have their retirements invested in those companies? What about the pensions who guarantee fake money to their to the people that that are members that get those pensions in life that have to get eight ten percent returns to get this money back, that's going to hurt them as well and hurt all the pension system and all that. Look at this uh, stat here: half of taxpayers pay ninety seven percent of federal income taxes. Uh, you look at the top one percent share of total income taxes paid is forty point one percent of total income taxes are paid by people in the top one percent. Uh, they get 20.9% share of the total gross income and they pay 40.1% of the share of the total taxes. Mm. So there you go. Uh, one more thing. The top 5% pay 60% in taxes. Biden's over here acting like we got a, like we got a tax problem. We got to have a 25% minimum tax on billionaires. We'll kick it back to last week where we told everyone that we are currently at all-time highs, essentially, for the amount of taxes that the government is taking from the economy. We're currently at 19.2% of our GDP gets taken back out of the economy in taxes, which has only been beaten two other times in history, in the year 2001 and in the year 1944, I believe, was the high, maybe 46. I can't remember what the number was. Other than that, we are currently getting more in taxes out of our economy than we have ever gotten other than those couple of years, okay? I think it was four years total that have been over the 19% threshold. We don't have a tax problem 
right now. We're getting all these taxes. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's all dumb bleep number six. It's Bi- a spending problem in case yes. you didn't get what Nate was implying there. Biden Maganomics. Oh gosh. Okay. This one, this is a, this is a fresh one, fresh one right here. Uh, Justin Trudeau is concerned like what we've been talking about. People are very concerned about prices. Families are having a hard time. Mm. Okay. It's not the government's fault. They're trying to help, but they can't get any corporations to go along with them, of course. And so Justin Trudeau wants to fix the uh, food pricing problem, and he's got an idea. It's not okay that our biggest grocery stores are making record profits while Canadians are struggling to put food on the table. So Minister Champagne will be calling on the heads of large grocers to come to Ottawa with a plan to address the rising cost of food. And we expect to hear from them by Thanksgiving on what their plan is to stabilize prices. And it... By Thanksgiving. First off, before we get to some of the, the dumber part, he's, he's like, I don't... We want to hear the grocery store's plan on how they are going to stabilize food prices. It's their fault. It's their fault. Okay? Not ours. And let me be very clear. If when someone says very clear, they're not gonna they're about to lie to you. Well, I hate right that the afterwards. rest of it was all muddled. You know? Yeah. Now we can finally mm-hmm. now it's clear. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> I can see clearly now the if rain is plan- gone. You know? <laughs> we'll get us very clear. And let me be very clear. If their plan doesn't provide real relief for the middle class and people working hard to join it, then we will take further action, and we are not ruling anything out, including tax measures. Is that a threat? No. Is that a threat? I think it is a threat, (laughs) but I just want to let me be clear with everyone. Food prices are too high, okay? And if the grocery stores don't lower their prices, Trudeau is going to start taxing the grocery stores. Boom. Prices down now. That's how we're going to fix food prices. Yep. Got it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the grocery stores are just going to pay that tax. They're just going to pay it out of the goodness of their own pockets, out of their record profits. So they're not going to increase any of their prices at all. But the tax they take, I bet they're going to give some of it back to people to pay for food. And see, this is what they'll do they'll put a tax on the grocery store. The grocery store is going to raise their prices uh, equal with the tax that they get charged. And then the government is going to take half of it and give it back to families to pay for food. And they're going to burn the other half, pocket some of it, give it to some of their other friends and donors and stuff like that. And families are going to get half of it. And then they're not going to have enough money to pay for what the increase in the food prices was because of the food tax. But they'll be all excited to get that government check to get that grocery stimmy. When you hear these, (laughs) the grocery stimmy, when you, uh, when you hear people start talking about the record profits, I get it. They're making profits. And what they, what they would disagree with us on, Charlie, is what we said is they're going to tax the grocery stores. The grocery stores are just going to raise their prices. People think that when you tax them, it's going to come out of the profits that they're making right now and that nothing's going to happen with the prices that they're charging. But what happens in a market is that they raise the prices. 
Also, let me ask the question, though. Why are grocery stores making record profit? Does anybody ask the question why? I don't know if Do they're talking. Do you think talking- it's because... The governments around the world shut down restaurants and you weren't allowed to go out to eat. Restaurants are having a hard time still. So what was it like? I think like 25% of restaurants in the United States literally closed their doors forever. Yeah. Because of that. Now, if you can't go out to eat and have someone cook for you, but you still need to eat, where is that money going to go instead of the restaurant? Yeah, but it's obviously going to go to the grocery store. But the grocery store is just price gouging. Of course. Yep. And so what you inevitably get hurricanes up in Canada right now, what you inevitably get to uh, in this type of economic system. And Trudeau knows all about this. You know, he's been to Cuba uh, before. Uh, What you inevitably get to is they try to they try to outlaw profits. They set a cap on profits or they start to set caps on the prices for the groceries, which causes, of course, shortages or they start to outlaw profits or certain amounts of profits, which then knocks people out of that market because they need a certain profit margin. See, people who invest and they make businesses, they don't just have to do this. They're like, well, okay, I have an 8% profit cap on grocery business. Well, I can still, I can make 10% over here doing this. I'm just going to not do this. I'm going to go make 10% over here. Mm. And so they take their money elsewhere and start that business. And so then you have less grocery stores, which is less supply, which causes prices to go up still. And then they put price caps on and you can't get the products for the shelves and then you have shortages. Okay. But I don't know. Just runs in this guy's blood. Tactical Warlock said something funny in here. Fed Haters Club. Go to joingmail.com. He said, last time I went to the grocery store, I saw someone in the back counting hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're doing, by the way. And people bring up other good points. Like it's multifaceted, right? So, like inflation, what does inflation really mean? Well, that is the the purchasing, the value of your purchasing power coupons has gone down, right? So, and then even if grocery stores aren't raising their prices, manufacturers are changing. Like your box of cereal that used to be 14 ounces is now only like 10 or 11 ounces. Shrinkflation. So, exactly. So, or, you know, there's 10 less chips per bag mm-hmm. now than there used to be. And so people are running out of food quicker. You don't, re- you don't really realize some of those things. It may cost the same for that bag, but there's less product in it. You really have but to it, look at like the per ounce prices, mm-hmm. you know, to see how much stuff how is much really going on. How much product are you actually getting for the value of your coupons, your fake coupons? <laughs> and that keeps going. So it's multifaceted, but it all stems from government spending. And, and we've talked about this in economics so often on this podcast and we like gotten in fights with other modern, modern monetary dumb theorists on TikTok, um, even if they're sound good or whatever. It's like we keep saying this over and over and over and over again. And what happens is libertarians are usually right about this every single time we see it play out. And people still can't wrap their minds around why these things are actually happening. No one wants to ask the question to get down to the root cause. And they believe people like Trudeau and others that give these answers that have no data backing whatsoever. They just give answers like, well, it's corporate greed and record profits and they're just raising profits. They're price gouging. They're doing all these things. No, no, we're spending too much money that we don't have. And this is a natural consequence of that over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm, I get frustrated because I'm like, 
we need to do a better job of getting this into people's heads. Mm-hmm. Like we don't do a very, we don't do a very good job of, well, we do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do a great job. I'm not saying we don't, we're one of the best mm-hmm. Liberty podcasts there are out there. I'm saying, but we don't do a good enough job of, of making this easy for people to digest, I think. And we need to figure out a better way to make it more fun. Like saying corporate greed. It's just, it's, you know, government greed. I don't know. We need to, we need, we need a way to make it more easily digestible for people to be like, when they see these things happening, they're the first thought that should come to their mind is the government spending too much money. We need to, we don't have, we need to talk like they do and simple. See a problem I have. Uh, I, I have this problem on Twitter all the time. The best say tweets or posts are things that are very binary. It's like, if you're not this, you're this, or like this means this. And the problem is the world is way more nuanced than that. Like I have a hard time writing a super simple post where like this is this or it's this Mm -hmm. because normally it's not. It's like, it would be a book. It would take a book to actually explain this problem to people. Uh, But when you're on the left or even some people on the right, like they're really good at just, boiling something down to a really simple term over simplifying things and maybe it's like my i i don't my ocd mind my partial spectrum mind it's like well, wait i'm no, just that's saying not i it. think There's we need to try stuff. to we need to try to figure out a way to to do that yeah you know use a similar rhetoric mm-hmm. i don't know that's just a thought well maybe anyway. some uh maybe some people in the group can help us with this new mission Anyway, I'll help Jordan Peterson out here. Uh, Trudeau's dumb. (laughs) He is. We can critique him. He's dumb. You can't Canada anymore, but we can. We'll do it. Did you see Jordan Peterson's mugshot? I think I I said that. Yeah, that was really good. Really funny. (laughs) That was good. Okay, dumb bleat number eight. A little bit more economics because I felt like some economics. And then we'll get to some other stuff. Okay, but economics is the most important thing. We got this UAW strike happening now. General Motors, Ford, Stellantis. Uh, they are striking. It's not all of them at the same time. It's as contracts run out at specific factories and plants, stuff like that. They're striking uh, until there's a new deal. Uh, what people have been saying is that since the CEOs of these companies make X million dollars per year, then they should be able to pay their workers whatever it is the union is asking for. And this is an annoying conversation that we have been talking about since we very first started this podcast. Before we started this podcast, I have that video talking about CEO pay and worker pay. And it seems like I was just even had a viral video on Facebook. Million views on on Facebook. 1.5, something like that. Because I was talking about Walmart's CEO pay. And they stopped paying it. Paying us for it. No, we don't get any money from it anymore. (laughs) That's great. That's awesome. Uh, and so these Back things when are, you had your little whiteboard. Yeah. These things I still got that whiteboard somewhere. Yeah. These things are important, not just because we're we're just getting in the weeds, but now it, it has filtered all the way to a major union, UAW, striking with hundreds of thousands of workers, and they're making the some the same dumb bleep argument that Bernie Sanders was making five years ago when I made that video. And now they're using it to literally shut down factories and they're acting like it's a great argument. And it drives me insane. (laughs) I'm going crazy over here. So Ilhan Omar, she says, what a, yeah, let's listen to her. She's so dumb. And not because she's a Muslim. 
No. Okay. It's because she's a woman. She's, I mean, she's. Because <laughs> she's a leftist. <laughs> Let's listen to her. What, what does she say here? It's, it's got to be riveting and rich the, and compelling. The CEO of GM, Mary Barra, made $29 million so last year So now we're hating alone. on female CEOs. This is so sexist. It's ridiculous. Didn't, uh, d- didn't we want to put females in p- positions of power? The highest paid Has auto- she seen Barbie? <laughs> the highest paid automaker CEO is a woman who is leading the way in electric vehicle technology. Well, this is, we need to destroy the matriarchy. The $29 million last year alone, that's 362 times the median GM workers' paycheck. And so you start saying these things, and people who want to be mad at people making a lot of money are like, oh my God, $29 million, that's 362 times the median workers' paycheck. I don't need math. Well, it's just, I'm upset right now. That's what it is. And then she says, solidarity with the auto workers demanding fair wages and benefits while their CEOs pocket millions well you know i did my favorite thing i like to do which is take all the money away from that ceo and give it to the workers charlie 10 cents this is what i did when i went to bed last night let's post this right here so we're gonna take all of her money we're not gonna pay her anything because uh, i mean we at least she should be getting paid so close i said 10 (laughs) anyway um omar and others like her want you to think the ceo's pay somehow affects workers pay i said okay i'll bite GM has 157,000 workers. Barra made $29 million last year. $29 million divided by 157,000 is $184. That's $184 per employee per year. $184 divided by 52 weeks is $3.55 per week per employee. I love how you did the math this next one by the hours they want they're, to they're work. They're asking for, yeah, not 40. Yeah, not 40. <laughs> they're $3.55 uh, divided by 32 hours. For a 32-hour work week? Is 11 cents per hour per employee is how much her pay of $29 million is affecting whatever it is that they are getting paid. And so the question at the end of the post is... Is UAW asking for an 11 cent per hour raise? No, they are not. They're asking for like a $15 per hour raise, not minimum, raise on top of it. And they want to cut a full day of workout for the people and still get paid like they're working that day. Still get paid for the 40. Okay. What this comes out to roughly just being super rough with it is for GM, it would cost them something like one and a half billion dollars to pay the raise that UAW is asking for. And they are saying, since they pay their CEO, here's the main argument, because you see how long it took us to get here. Since they pay their CEO $29 million, they can afford to pay $1.5 billion more to their employees. Same, same. That is the math. Anytime you hear this, that is is the math they are saying. And obviously sexist at this point. True. So the reason why you're mathing is because you're a white privileged male. Yes. You know? I know. I know. Everyone so that knows makes this. you racist and sexist. I know. Yeah. I should just sit back. All right. <clears throat> Next one. Number nine. Could you imagine if men came out, you know, with songs like Taylor Swift that, you know, where she says F the patriarchy and we were just like F the matriarchy. Yeah. And we just start destroying these women CEOs. You know, they yeah. obviously don't care about their male workers. It's mostly males in the factory. It's called rap music. Yeah. <laughs> Bees and hoes. Yeah. Boats and hoes. 
Okay. Uh, Bailey. I shouldn't have said your name. Sorry. A female <laughs> from we the library. We didn't say her last name, though. Yeah. It's anonymous. <laughs> didn't say her last name. Uh, she's a self-identified female. Says that we should do that. And she said, put us back in the kitchen. She said that, not me. She said, put us back in the kitchen. I, you know, I would never say Mm -hmm. something like that. No. At all. Bailey said that. And I just wanted people to know, self-identified female. To be fair to women. to be in the kitchen. To be fair to women, there were a lot of (laughs) terrible amendments that came before the 19th Amendment. Okay. Like the 13th. (laughs) 16th. My bad. Sorry. The 16th Amendment. Yeah. And look, I think if women want to, they can be whatever they want to be. But um, okay, that's uh, as far as I'm going to go with that. <laughs> number nine, Charlie, you you mentioned racism. Uh, number nine, what's <laughs> the, the live n- group is saying that Bailey is my alt account. <laughs> that this is me <laughs> typing this. You're out. typing, <laughs> and I'm using <laughs> a scapegoat. Uh, okay, uh, that's funny. You mentioned racism. I don't know how racist. You thought you were, Charlie, but you're much more racist than you thought you were. Yeah. Okay. According to PETA, that's not, that's not a family guy way of saying yeah. Peter. I'm uh, PETA, the animal organization. Well, I know. read white fragility and I knew that I was the problem. Mm-hmm. The me, the problem rested on me. Yeah. And after that, even the meaning that, that is racist. That's not enough. No, that's not enough. There's more to it. So from PETA, cow's milk has long been a symbol used by white supremacists. One more reason to ditch dairy. No, the title. And what does drinking milk have to do with white supremacy? You might ask. <laughs> well, let me tell you. There's another by, article title too. <laughs> this is by Zachary Tolliver. Why cow's milk is the perfect drink for white supremacists. As when Christopher Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards drinks a glass of milk and a character in a pivotal scene of Get Out sips the cow secretion. So we're basing our evidence off movies. Movies. Fake movies. Okay. Dairy milk has long been embraced as a symbol of white <laughs> because, supremacy. Because a fake Nazi in a movie drink, drink milk. It's long been embraced as a symbol yeah. of white supremacy. I gotcha. Geneticists are alarmed that white nationalists who are now using milk emojis and sharing photos of themselves chugging milk to celebrate their whiteness. What if you like chocolate milk? Probably. I love chocolate milk. I bet PETA would find a way to be against that too, but that is a great, that's a great question. I want to know the answer to it. Well, we need to ask PETA to write an article. It's probably racist. You're probably like stealing that. I'm trying to get invited to the barbecue (laughs) is what's happening. Are contorting science and using it as an excuse to hate. In a recent article in the New York Times, evolutionary biologists state that because of a genetic mutation among Europeans, white people are more likely to be able to digest lactose. White nationalists are arguing that being able to drink another animal's breast milk somehow indicates they are of a master race. Good grief, (laughs) says Zachary. Of course, it was found that that the genetic mutation that allows some humans to digest milk also occurs in black African cattle farmers. That should make racists think twice. Should think twice about that. (laughs) All we can say is this. Human supremacists need to start thinking about other species' interests and not being exploited. Yeah, the genetic mutation, like, basically the way to break down milk is your body has these enzymes 
to be able to, there's a specific protein in milk that your body needs to be able to break down in order to not make you feel like garbage. Now, for most people, eat, for most people, even drinking milk still upsets your stomach because for your body to break down that specific milk protein and cow that's found in cow's milk is very difficult. You have to have these enzymes that break down the structure of that protein because it's not natural for your body to consume a, another animal's milk. It but, is kind of, it's kind of weird when you think about it. But over time, right? I would say it's racist. Over time, you're, you know, people do evolve or adapt uh, to produce more of these enzymes to make it easier. But you ask most people when they eat dairy, you usually feel like crap afterwards. Now, some people... I feel awesome. I feel strong. I feel supreme. You really? Yeah. Better than all the other races. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. probably the part Asian in you. Oh that yeah. Helps you break it down. Yeah. I just can't do alcohol. Mm. That's yeah. That's right. Cause <clears throat> you don't have the enzymes for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To break down the alcohol. It's a real thing. It's called Asian flesh. Proteins. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that, uh, it doesn't matter who drinks white or chocolate milk. Some people like strawberry milk. And my, what does that my make wife them? loves strawberry milk? That's disgusting. You know where you know the best place to keep strawberry milk? Where? It's the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even put it on the shelf. Yeah. So I am I am uh, questioning this whole chocolate milk thing though, whether or not that would be racist. Mm. But I don't know. We'll see. Okay, that's number nine. Number ten. This okay, it's dumb. It's also just freaking hilarious. Number ten is um happened to see this pop up because the uh, Mises Caucus page posted this video. <laughs> Remember this? <laughs> this is so good. It's so good and it is dumb at the end of it, but I thought we should have something that's fun. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, before we watch the video, because you're, li you're listening right now, there's a guy that is digging a hole on a beach. Okay? And uh, he's, he's digging this hole. They're doing it like on TikTok or whatever. Instagram, I guess. I see a little logo over there. Um, he's digging this hole on the beach and the caption from Mises caucus says the next time someone, you know, says they trust the experts or the news show them this video. So this is a great one for you to pay attention to go find the Mises caucus, uh, Twitter page and watch it. Let me get to the actual video though. That would be good. How's this video doing so far? I think it had a lot of views. 1.9 million views from the Mises caucus page. Good job guys and girls or whoever. They, good job them. All right, so here's a person digging the hole on the beach and then what happens afterwards? Thanks, Bernard. Now, finally, for now, a mysterious hole on a beach has caused a stir in North Dublin. A local astronomy enthusiast is hoping the crater in Port Marnock could be the aftermath of a cosmic event. It's a huge, mysterious crater that looks out of this world. But is it? The unusual the hole on Port Beach stopped local astrophysics enthusiast Dave Kennedy in his tracks yesterday. And he's certain the small but heavy rock inside it came from up above. As you can tell by here, there's a scorch mark on this side here. So that would have been at the angle that it came down at. And uh, it is weighty. I'm not sure if it's composition, but we're definitely going to have to find out. The striking hole soon caught the attention of passers-by, many hoping that what they're witnessing is the aftermath of a once-in-a-lifetime cosmic event. <laughs> once again, here's a video that the guys took 
of them digging the hole on the beach. It's, it's the same hole. You can tell. Oh, you just can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Thanks, Bernard. Now, finally, for now, mysterious hole on a beach has caused a stir in North. <laughs> oh, you got to watch out for the mysterious holes on a beach, you know. So you know what I'm saying the um, the caption is is right. Next time someone tells you to trust the experts on the news, uh, show them this video. Mm-hmm. So good. Trust the experts. All right, let's run through them. All right, what do we got here? We've got. I'm just going to look on the voting page. Number one was the impeachment crisis. Number two is Biden uh, 9-11, remembering that he was there the next day. Number three, uh, Trump, Fauci, not taking responsibility on the Megyn Kelly interview. Number four is the parental privilege, whether or not you should know about your child's sexual identity. Number five is all that mess around the child tax credit and the inflation. Number six is the Biden... Maganomics agenda. Number seven, we've got Trudeau threatening to tax the grocery stores if they don't lower their prices. Uh, Number eight, we've got the UAW strike math with the 29 million and 11 cents per hour. Number nine, we've got racist milk. Number 10, we've got what a hole, which is something I always think when I see a hole This is from Home Alone 2. Uh, and the, the hole that's in the floor and uh, he falls through he looks up he says what a hole <laughs> and so that's what pops up in my head every After time I see that yeah. all right y'all get your votes in <laughs> while i tell you to also like subscribe follow share the show with a friend and not a friend so pick one friend and pick one not a friend mm-hmm. and send this episode to them specifically yeah because and ask them what a hole is there you go. There's your there's your instructions. All right. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify and go sign up for the Fed Haters Club so you can be a part of the dumb bleep of the week vote. That's joingmail.com or godhatesfeds.com. Either way, we'll get you there. Go do it. What's the vote count looking like? It's the racist milk. Oh, man. If only people would drink more chocolate milk. I know. You know I know. Milk is definitely racist. So mm-hmm. your body doesn't have problems with like human breast milk. It's just cow's milk. It could have problems with human breast milk too. Is it racist to drink yeah. that? Because what I want to, you know, I guess it depends on. Is it milk in general? Just milk from cows? Oh, because white people can digest it better. It's like you get to throw your pinky up when you're yeah. drinking the milk. You know, oh, look what I can do. What about like milk from goats? Goat's milk? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never yeah. had it. Have you? You've never had like goat's cheese, goat cheese, sheep cheese. Any I think of that. I think what we should do to Fumanda fight the cheese. What we should do to fight racism is just remove all breasts <laughs> from everyone. Yeah, yeah, all animals. We're on our way. Yeah, we're on our way right now. Yeah, we're halfway there. Okay, we're good. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, do everything that I said to do, and if you do. Then Nate will be back next week while oh, I'm yeah, in Vegas. Gone. I'm in Vegas. Nate will be here and he'll he'll bring you the goodness. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do all week. On some days. Yeah. Swinney wants to. Most of the, the days. The show is I still bet. about when we want to. So I'll be in Vegas till next Friday. So next Friday, dumb bleep. 
we'll still be here. So when do you all get that. To watch the Cowboys game this weekend. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, I hope you have a good day, a good weekend, and a good morning, Libertas. Ooh.